This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Now to the Royal Riff. There are lots of questions following the Queen's decision to allow Harry and Meghan to live in Canada part-time doing their own thing. And by the way, don't they need our permission? Is it just the Queen who can do that? So what does it mean for us? One thing people in the street, both here and in Britain, seem to agree on, that if they are not working, and I put that word working in quotes as royals, taxpayers don't want to be on the hook for their lavish lifestyle, which includes a big security bill. But at least for the moment, they're considered internationally protected persons. And that means they are entitled to security provided by Canada. And what about their immigration status? If they're not visiting royals, do they have to become landed immigrants like anyone else who wants to live here? Let me give the numbers. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. Right now, we're going to drill down on all of this with Richard Curlin, who is a Vancouver-based immigration lawyer and security expert and commentator, Ross McLean. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, good, good. Hi, Libby. Good to be here with you. Okay. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, So, Ross, let's start with you. Uh, You have some experience on working with internationally protected persons. So uh, what are the parameters for that? Yeah, well, it's it's a little complicated uh, to get into it. But what happens is we have uh, Canada, as all countries do, have an international obligation to protect internationally protected people. That's why we've got everybody has embassies uh, when they do state visits. If it's the head of uh, a government, the head of state that comes over, there's a requirement that the host country that is there provides uh, security for those people that is adequate to protect them, where they're uh, living, where their transportation is, and where their meetings are. So generally speaking, if the uh, Prince Harry and, and Meghan were to come over doing royal business on behalf of the Queen, who's the head of state, uh, they would typically have uh, security provided by, by the RCMP and local police for doing things. However, with this new kettle of fish that we're having here, the question is, are they over here working for themselves or for the Queen? In which case do they meet the definition? Uh-huh. So, so again, it's not clear from this uh, that, uh, that whether or not they're entitled to or not, because Harry is the president and Meghan is the vice president of the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. Is, is that relevant or do we just not know? It's up to lawyers. Uh, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's potentially because there is another section of, under the Internationally Protected Persons that says it's a person who's a representative of a state or an official agent of an international organization of an intergovernmental character. So is the Queen's charity then that looks after the realm? Does that qualify as, as being that, if he's the president of that? Uh, that's a question that one could argue he should be given protection. But on the other hand, maybe the Queen's also deciding he's maybe not to be the president of that anymore, which may raise an issue. 
Okay, let's bring in Richard Curlin. And Richard, you've said that Harry wouldn't even qualify to become a landed immigrant. Well, it would be difficult under current rules without uh, jumping through special high-level hoops, uh, political and administrative, for uh, for the spouse of Megan to qualify. The family is better placed by having uh, Megan apply as the primary applicant with the uh, two accompanying dependents in in her uh, immigration file, and that's because. Canada has a special uh, cultural artistic category in, in the self-employed uh, context that would uh, present a compelling case for her. That's based on the evidence of her uh, past uh, history in the television industry, in fact, the television industry in Canada. And so uh, she'd have to queue up uh, her case uh, along with the others in this particular uh, processing category. Uh, there's nothing overnight. It would take 18 to 36 months to achieve permanent resident status. In the interim, uh, the British Columbia Premier uh, rightly pointed out uh, uh, that she may well be eligible for uh, work permit authority in the film and entertainment industry in British Columbia. So their prospects are glowing. In terms of the security costs, I'm just going to stab that. Uh, don't forget that the presence of this uh, royal couple in the particular location on Vancouver Island will likely generate significant economic activity for British Columbia, not just in uh, property transactions for the uh, rich and famous or uh, folks who are high net worth globally and uh, like what uh, the royals like, uh, but the uh, attending economic stimulation. So you've you got to balance both sides of that security ticket. Well, I mean, won't, the, won't it kind of wear off? You think people are going to take a trip to Vancouver on the chance they might catch a glimpse of them in the local coffee shop? Uh, it won't be Vancouver. It's likely going to be out in Victoria. And um, they, they may like the, the luster of uh, being in proximity. Uh, plus, uh, let's not forget that they just can't arrive tomorrow and say we're staying here t- until permanent residence is established. Every time they appear at a land border airport, it is entirely up to the border services officer to determine whether uh, they can come in or not. And if they can come in, for how long? The good thing is that the, the usual concerns of will they work illegally, will they overstay their time in Canada, are not uh, significant concerns in their case, given their um, immigration track record of uh, repeat global travels, plus the existence of a residence outside Canada. Uh, yeah, I, I would really like to be the border official that says, no, no, you can't come in, Megan and Harry. <laughs> yeah, there's a career uh, stopper. So uh, the, I think it bodes well for everyone, frankly. So, in immigration, so you know, family issues is a driver for people to apply to immigrate to Canada. That's not unusual. 
Uh, and just before uh, I check back with, with Ross, so royals don't have any particular status as uh, possible citizens or honorary citizens oh. or anything well, like that? I looked at that. It's always up to the government of Canada to bestow honorary citizenship. Uh, we did it with the Dalai Lama. We did it with uh, rather well-known figures. Would it be appropriate in the present case? I don't think so, not practically, not politically. Uh, and uh, there's no hardship here. So uh, at the end of the day, let them come, let them go repeatedly. And, and if they do want to uh, put down a, uh, a, a lifestyle and um, a, a life in Canada, Go for it. And I'd be honored and privileged to do their case pro bono. <laughs> they can afford you, Richard. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, Ross, Ross I need Mc- an agent then. <laughs> Ross McLean, what kind of money are we... Lo- I, I think the hmm. idea of having to foot the bill um, annoys a lot of Canadians. Yes. What kind of money are we looking at and what's... Where's the cutoff about whether they get official protection from the RCMP and police or they have to hire their own? Well, well that I comes down to if they're, de- if they're defined as internationally protected people. It depends what status that the Queen leaves them with. And uh, the base cost is going to start somewhere around $2 million, and it's just going to go up from there. You know, because it's going to be interesting if they both come here uh, and let's say they both want to go out and do a charity thing. He's going to go to Toronto. She'll go do it in Calgary. Well, guess what happens? That means two teams now have to go to protect them and cover them as well as protect the home. Uh, where the children group, are. I agree so, with Ross. A working group should be formed between the British government, Canadian government, and the royal couple to establish some goalposts. How many days a year are anticipated? Those locations. And everyone can cost it out and come up to a reasonable understanding of what's expected by all three parties. But, but, but here's, here's the issue, though. It's, this isn't the first time Canada has had uh, children of royal families uh, living in Canada. It's not the first time. Gaddafi had some people that were over here at one point. Well, uh, we were over there. Saddam Hussein had an ex-wife that was living here in they, Toronto not at royal. one point. Uh, well, they're, they, you could argue they're heads of state. So the reason <laughs> I'm saying this is that's why the definition is tightly held, because it becomes very onerous to provide uh, this level of security. It's the highest level of security. I've worked with billionaires before uh, who have had to take on, and they deserved high levels of security. Mm-hmm. If something happened to them, it would have cost their companies and people lots of money. So it was very important they were protected. And they winced at the cost, and they didn't want to see the cost being picked up by their companies because they thought it was just too horrendous for their companies to pick up the costs. So the, the dollar value that's going to be for, these, for this pair is going to be a lot of money. So I think that is something that needs to be worked out. It's just not going to be a, a cheap uh, pick-me-up on the, on the fees, uh, Libby. Okay, well, and it, this is a little um, off-topic, and I, I, there's a very interesting opinion piece, editorial in the Globe and Mail, that says, that argues that they should not be allowed to live in Canada, and that's because of the nature, the arm's length nature of our relationship with the crown, that uh, while the queen is our head of state, uh, she is our head of state from a distance, and Canadians do her work in her name, whether it's crown prosecutors or governor general or lieutenant governors. Uh, That's a whole other wrinkle. And uh, while I point that out, let me give the numbers out again. I'm sure that our listeners have some opinions on 
whether they want Harry and Meghan to come here, whether they should be allowed to come here, whether we should be picking up the tab for their securities, uh, whether it's a good deal, if they think it'll encourage tourism. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. I am talking to immigration lawyer Richard Curland and Ross McLean, who is a security expert and commentator. And Richard, uh, again, do they actually have to establish, uh, you know, landed immigrant status? If not, how much time can they spend here? I well, mean, that's wh- the thing. I don't know why they're talking immigration permanent residence. They should be talking immigration temporary status, work permit. Or like many people uh, who have secondary residences in Canada, they're just hanging out. As long as they're not working, they can afford to live here. They respect the terms and conditions for the duration of each entry to Canada. Uh, this can go on for years without uh, having to obtain permanent residence status. Uh, do you isn't, know- that, isn't that some of the issue, though, Libby? They, they apparently want to become financially independent which means if they're going to be living here, if you're going to be financially independent, that would somehow suggest you're working here. Uh, no, sorry, I have to disagree because he, the net worth, the reported net worth uh, from Diana's will uh, to Harry is well in excess of any practical amount uh, that's required to live in Canada. No, no, you're absolutely right, it's there, but you know what, that whittles away if you're going to be using that for spending and you're going to be paying for your own security. And you're going to have multiple places, and you're going to travel as, as private individuals, not as internationally protected people. So that's why I think the discussion is worth having. Uh, and what about the you know the point in the Globe and Mail is, is not the money or the practicalities. It's it's that they oughtn't be here because of of the implications for our relationship with the crown. Uh, legally, I don't buy it. Um, I just it, I, I, I can comb the catacombs of legal history and parliamentary uh, provisions going back to the 1300s for special dispensation for things like this, but that's theoretical. The practical issue is uh, uh, whether anything happens because they're here, as described in that Globe editorial. I just uh, see no one lighting their hair on fire with this one. Okay, Ross, do you have an opinion on that? Well, it all depends on what the nature of the activities are. If they're doing the activities for the Queen, like they normally would be, uh, that's one thing. If they're doing activities for something else, for instance, their newly incorporated company there, we'll give it a plug, SussexRoyal.com. I wish I, wish I was getting a percentage of something off of that. But if they're going to be doing uh, uh, work for doing that, making appearances, taking up sponsorships, I mean... I mean, they that's can't. working. They need a work permit for that. That's in terms of happen. the uh, in terms of the legal information, we've talked about how they might want to make him into the Governor General for Canada. You know, the Queen could appoint him as the Queen's representative here. Well, I don't think the Queen's going to do that. I don't think we should allow that. You can't treat the Governor General's position as, you know, my 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 grandson needs a job. Well, it's, in, it's in you know what uh, she can become the consul. He can become the consul of the British consulate here in Vancouver. And you, and you you know what? If if they don't want to be cutting ribbons in London, I don't think they <laughs> want to be cutting ribbons in Sudbury and Prince George. Oh, well, maybe maybe to open the new uh, a new Louis Vuitton store or something like that. Oh. But to the point of them, I was actually thinking about that. Maybe maybe you want to call them consuls and say that they're foreign ambassadors. Well, in that case, then they're going to have to go live in the uh, 
in the embassy, uh, uh, you know, more or less, uh, and, do, le- and do their work out of the embassy, which is, I don't think that's necessarily correct either. It's not. Richard, uh, there's a consulate in Vancouver. Uh, it's actually our neighbor. Oh, Richard, <laughs> yeah. do you know when they come to the country now on a visit, or say when they came, they were on a private holiday uh, around mm. Christmas? What did they get their? Did they go through immigration or somebody? Well, yeah, yeah. And did they get their passport stamped? Did they get a tourist visa? What? Well, you don't even do that anymore. That uh, the technology has evolved. You uh, ultimately have a wave through after biometrics and other screening uh, layers are, are, uh, are uh, pursued. So a wave through, by law, by law, you're allowed six months in Canada. And, and uh, unless some border services officer says, no, you're only allowed here two weeks, the wave through entitles you to six months. Holy moly. And uh, Libby, just one other one here that perhaps our other guests can comment on. I, I also read that Megan's having trouble because she's applying for her British citizenship now. And if she moves here, she won't satisfy the residency requirements over there to get her British citizenship. Bingo. Plus intent. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Okay. So, um, Richard, I know that you have to go now. So thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, guys. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye, Richard. Bye. We are talking about Harry and Megan. I am on the line with Ross McLean, security and terrorism expert. And let's take a couple of calls. We've got John in Peterborough. Hi, John. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm good. Well, you know, um, Andrew is here in Lakefield. Yep. Yep. They mentioned that. Now, personally, I don't believe in royalty at all. Uh Uh-huh. But... Um, I understand why these two young people want to get out of there. I mean, this young girl has come under uh, amazing pressures, which I don't hear too much on Canadian television about that she's a mixed race person. Well, that's one of one of the, the the things that's pointed out is a lot of people feel that the way she's been treated by the ta- the tabloids is racist, mm-hmm. and I can't say that I read the tabloids all the time. I don't doubt that. No. And so I don't blame the, 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 the girl coming here. But as regards the costs, right? Yep. Well, I understand. They have to be protected. That's okay. But I don't think we should be paying, you know, forever. There should be some sort of limits. Like you, you, your guests there have shown what we have under the law, what they're supposed to do. But we can't be doing this forever. We've, there's other things we can spend money on. Is and I'm bet? sure they would agree. You, yeah, you bet. And uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, they're not exactly hurting for money. No, 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 no. I mean, there's no, 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 no. But I do understand. I truly, truly understand. And people say to me, oh, you're Irish, blah, blah, blah. I truly understand. They want to get out of there. They don't like the life. I would not want it. Okay, John. Take Thanks care. for that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, yeah, maybe that's kind of uh, one possible aspect of negotiations, Ross, that will say, okay, we'll protect them for X amount of time, and then you're on your own. Well, there is that negotiation, and then again, you could always just say, well, good, then the U.K. can pay for it, uh, if, if that's where they want to bring her here. I mean, look, I, I, I like the royal family. I think the royal family fulfills uh, many different uh, obligations and duties. And I think that I I really don't think Harry's making a good decision for himself here. And he'll have to live with that decision. But I don't think it's ours to pay the price for it. Uh, So I think we need to have a good look at this. I mean, it's it's all fun and good. I mean, we know governments are pretty good at giving away our money and saying, oh, sure, uh, we'll, we'll cover them, we'll cover them. But guess what? It's taxpayers' money. And last I looked, we didn't have any of that left. 
I think if, if it ends up costing us a lot of money, it will become an election issue, frankly. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully they will reach some kind of reasonable agreement. You know, one of the things that strikes me about all this, it looks almost looks like Harry is going in the footsteps of, of his great uncle who abdicated uh, to marry somebody. There are just some similarities there that I see. Um, and the, the other thing is, you know, he's the sixth in line to the throne. That's not that close. No, no, it's not. And but you know, there's there's an obligation that's there to for duty. And uh, you know, one of one of the uh, one of the roles he has is head of the uh, Royal Marines. And a lot of the Royal Marines are really bothered by by this apparently because they. They they look up to the queen and they thought the way he treated the queen through this with uh, just making an announcement they they thought that that wasn't treating the queen fairly, and that he's not really carrying himself very well through this, and you know it's it's look it's tough being a royal, it it is certainly tough. His mother knew it uh, was tough, and she certainly had her times, and I know that she certainly went to places that she probably didn't want to go and didn't want to show up but knew it was her obligation to do it. So if he wants to lose the obligations, then he should probably lose the responsibilities and the protections that come with that. In my opinion, anyways, he should make a decision in or out. Oh, a full decision rather than this halfway thing. Ross, uh, basically, we're out of time. Where would you like to leave us with on this? What happens next, do you think, in terms of that possibly big security bill? Well, I imagine we'll volunteer to pick it up. But it's uh, it's it's a big number and it's a, it's a big undertaking, and uh, we're already stressed enough for doing it. So if we need to help them with the transition, let's help them with the transition, as you said. But somehow wean them off and get it, figure out doing their own thing. And you know, don't forget, there's a lot of other people who come here as immigrants who don't get lots of breaks, who want to work and can't work, and all sorts of things. So maybe they need to set the example by following the rules. Wow. What a thought. What a concept. Ross McLean, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.